Welcome back to ASMR Quest listeners. I forgot to record the intro in stereo, but we're continuing on anyway. Uh, this is ASMR Quest, the podcast where we discuss all of our favorite mountain biking YouTubers and YouTube videos. I'm John Tyler. And I'm Ian Fox. Yeah, so John, I, I heard that you've got a particularly good um, mountain biker YouTube video for us today, which is always good. You know, we're always looking for the the latest and greatest in mountain biking, mountain biking technology. Um, you know, a lot of people like it when people bike down the mountain. I'm actually of the opinion that I think the most exciting part of mountain biking is when they're biking up the mountain, because it's a struggle, mm. and you can see it in their faces. Um, <laughs> and I think it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so as, as as our long-time listeners know, uh, we are both huge fans of uh, watching of mountain biking videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Have been for a long time. Not Vimeo. This is, I hate uh, them on no. Vimeo, but YouTube's great. <laughs> YouTube's great. This is not a new obsession that one of us has obtained in the last two weeks and is just now springing on the other host. Mm-hmm. Absolutely um, not. Of course not. <laughs> it is... Turns out mountain biking videos are amazing. Right, I've got to say right now, uh, I think BKXC is my favorite mountain bike YouTuber. But you know, there's a lot more to explore. Uh, I've really been enjoying his uh, his trip to Scotland. A lot of beautiful scenic vistas and um, some some mountain biking that looks like a lot of fun. I've never been mountain biking, but ah, uh, uh, it sure does look like a blast. Well, so you're going to Scotland pretty soon, right, John? I am. Have you considered uh, maybe meeting up with him and doing some mountain biking uh, in his YouTube videos? Uh, well, so actually, I, I, I misspoke. Um, it's a trip to the UK that he is on, oh, okay. uh, not specifically Scotland, but he has visited Scotland during this trip. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I, I believe he he is no longer there. Uh, he's sadly. he's biked through all the mountains, all the many mountains in the UK, and now yep. he has moved on to hillier pastures. That's right. He's, I believe, back in the U.S. somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, probably probably on top of a mountain, or, or quickly descending from the top of a mountain, I should say. Most likely. Now, John, for our, for our new listeners who may not um, be avid mountain bike YouTube video fanatics, uh, could yes. you give us the breakdown of what an average mountain bike YouTube video is like? Um, so it's essentially just a, um, a, a GoPro video of someone descending a mountain on a mountain bike. Okay, so there's um, not much of, like, set-up cameras at, at points along the route. It, it's usually, like, a first-person no. video. Yeah, this is not a super highly produced video, the, uh, at least not the ones that I've been watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you've, you've got a guy on his mountain bike. Oftentimes, but not always, with some other people on mountain bikes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might get a little uh, sort of vlog-style intro. Um, but the vast majority of the video is just the highlights of their first-person descent. Uh, or, I guess it's not always downhill, but uh, their first-person first highlights of their ride. Um, oftentimes there will be some amount of commentary. 
Um, particularly if you watch the uh, videos that um, GoPro puts out as like race preview, like whenever there's a like professional mountain biking race, uh, they get this one guy to do a preview of the course. And I don't remember his name, but he talks as fast as he rides. So is he, is, is the, um, vocal track sort of laid on as a post-processing step? No, that's, he... which is, was, is what makes it so good is he is just talking constantly while riding down the mountain at a very fast speed oh my goodness wow. it's amazing uh that's not bkxc though bkxc just chats occasionally mm-hmm. he doesn't do the official uh gopro race previews mm-hmm. um but yeah he's he still chats um and it's just like th- there's just a lot of like really great scenery I like the courses look like pretty cool and pretty fun and it's fun to watch the actual mountain biking. But it also just like tends to be in like these beautiful locations. Mm. So would you say I, I'm really that, into it. Would you say that it's it's sort of the the locations that are the main draw for you or is it the the sort of heart-pounding action of the mountain biking? Um it it's really a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. They're both necessary. Yes, they are both necessary. Uh, as final question here, John, because um, you know when I think of mountain biking, I think of it as a as a pretty dangerous sport, right? You're you're hurtling down a mountain on a bike, something which is not really intended to go super downhill. I guess mountain bikes are, but I suppose they're probably riding mountain bikes. So, how many people have you seen die, John? Uh, so far, none. But oh, wow. I will let you know if that changes. Okay, excellent. Yeah. Uh, but that's not all in the sports world, listeners. Oh my goodness, it's a sports deluxe day today. It sure is, because we are we are witnessing, I think, the greatest comeback in sports history oh, right now, goodness, John, as I speak. Are we are we delivering some breaking news? Are we the first to report on this? Uh, I don't I don't know if we're the first to report on this, but I mean, it, it is happening live right now. Mm-hmm. Tiger Woods may win his first major tournament in a decade. It's been a decade. Today. Wow. Oh, shit. So I saw him uh, yesterday that he was, I think he was ranked fifth. Yeah, so uh, coming into today, um, yeah, I think he was in fifth place. He was five under, mm-hmm. and the leaders were nine under. Oh, so um, that's quite a... So not, uh, not insurmountable, though. Okay. Um, but but it, it it was a long shot coming into today, but not impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is currently sitting in first. Ooh, because the the conditions are wild today. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of wind. Uh, the fairways are like super fast. Like. The ball lands, and then it, it just looks like it's on the green. It, it, it's rolling so much. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of it's really throwing people off. And so Tiger Woods has uh, closed that gap um, by hitting, uh, or by getting two birdies. So he's he's down to seven under. Mm-hmm. Um, and the people who were ahead of him are not faring as well. So he is currently tied in first place with seven under. He is the only real contender who is under for today everyone else is over or even oh man and uh, actually, I, most of them are over for today uh and one guy is even uh francesco molinari is even so far mm-hmm. but tiger woods 
two under while everyone else is floundering. Oh my goodness, it's a Cinderella story, John. Finally a day for the underdogs. I'm I'm so excited. I uh, I've been looking I've been waiting for this comeback for so long. Mm-hmm. Just about a decade. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know that I was I, I wasn't really following golf too closely for most of that time, but mm-hmm. I mean I've always been a Tiger Woods fan and I am I'm so excited that he's finally making his comeback. Yeah. Oh man. He was right, um what like uh, but yeah, we got a lot to talk about today that isn't sports related. That's true, and we Sorry, don't have but... much time to talk about it. It's it's an action packed episode, John. Yeah. I say as I yawn. <sighs> action packed episode. <laughs> What's like uh, it's a it was a, a preparatory yawn for all the action which is going to happen. Yeah. So uh, so in the notable vids section, mm-hmm. um, I found this article I was looking at that was put out by um, Pedestrian TV which are the people who have the Slow News podcast. Uh-huh. Um, oh, yeah, pedestrian.tv. Uh, so, yeah, they're the people with the Slow News podcast. Uh, and they had an article, another article about ASMR, trying to sort of promote their podcast. Um, and it had a bunch of links uh, to various ASMR videos at the bottom. And there was one that really caught my eye. Uh-huh. And it's uh, in the ambience ASMR category. They have Mr. Brightside from another room. <laughs> and so it is a an audio track. It's on YouTube, but it's really just audio. Of uh Mr. Brightside by the Killers, but it it sounds like it's being played very loudly in a room that is not the room you're in. It <laughs> Well so I mean, there's a there's a big thing right now for in like lo-fi um, hip hop, right? That's like all the rage. Really, it's not all the yeah. rage anymore. It was all the rage like six months ago. You turn it on, and all the tracks just they all have this sort of identical grainy sound to them. And <laughs> I don't know, I, I, it was something that I started off enjoying, but then, and then and I turned on it quickly. I think as many people have. Uh, <laughs> Perhaps this from another room is going to be a similar fat genre. Oh, I hope so. I mean, so I found this from an ASMR article, but really, I I don't I don't feel like it's really effective ASMR. It's it's more like nostalgia, I guess. Because hmm. like it it feels very college. Like what what is more college than listening to? Someone else really loudly playing the killers. It's pretty college, I think. Yeah. And so, John, it's got you got you thinking about the the glory days. Uh, no, just not really. I'm, I'm not really that too loud. Yeah, I mean, it, it feel it really does feel like something though that you would hear. So I don't know. Maybe someone's out in the quad playing it, and you've got your window open because it's a hot spring day, and the mm-hmm. the the beats are pouring in or something, mm-hmm. along with all that weed smoke, all that weed smoke, all that that, that dank, and all those dank fumes just gently <laughs> caressing you. Uh, so, so that was just a, a fun little diversion I found, mm-hmm. but. And the title of the I don't article, have too many notable vids to talk about this week. Oh, yeah. The title of the the this pedestrian article, and I think linked to it, right, is um, 
here's how to figure out if you're capable of ASMR-induced head orgasms. Is that the... Yeah, that's that's where the video came from. Yeah, yeah. It's a um, silly oh, title the, for a video. Uh, the... I, I, I forgot to mention the YouTube, uh, um, or the, the, the account that posted this video to YouTube is open bracket from another room, close bracket. Have you looked uh, at I the, believe they have the videos that they have posted? Um, well, Ian, I'm, I'm looking right now mm-hmm. and it, it turns out it's exactly what you would have expected. It's. Lots of songs that sound like they are being played from another room. American Idiot from another room. Death of a Bachelor oh, from another man. room. Definitely listening to American Idiot from another room. Oh, man. Not... Oh, no, no, those are just the popular videos. Yeah, they've got, um... They've yeah, got they're not super body. popular. No. But they're pretty great. Well, John, now that we've given them this signal boost, I think their time is coming. Um... Their time for a copyright takedown. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh, jeez. Well, here's the thing, though, John. Is this an infringement of copyright? Or is this, like, a meaningful commentary on the work? To make it sound like it has come Uh, from another room. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure that this constitutes fair use. Maybe not. But it is, it does sound great. Um... So, uh, let, let, let's move on to ASMR news. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of hot news uh, this week, John. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, most of the news on ASMR is about our main quest this week. But you shouldn't l- read any of that other stuff, because we're going to bring you the best coverage. Mm-hmm. So, I just want to let you know, most of the news out there, uh, you, sh- you should come to us for. We're, we're the best. Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about is that Whisper Lodge has announced that they are going to be returning to New York City August 11th through the 19th, mm-hmm. uh, with another round of their performance or service or whatever you want to call it. I guess performance. Experience, um, baby. So if you, yeah, experience. That sounds good. So if you want to experience Whisper Lodge and you can get to New York City sometime between August 11th and 19th. You've got an opportunity to do it. Mm-hmm. Are you planning on making your way over, John? Uh, no. The timing does not really work out well for me, unfortunately. Oh, that's too bad. Which is too bad. Because, like, I mean, it really, in theory, would not be that difficult for me to visit New York for a weekend. Because um, I feel like I know quite a few people who live there mm-hmm. that I could potentially stay with. And it's, like, a, a pretty cheap bus ride away. But yeah, it just it just doesn't work out work out timing wise. Okay. Yeah. Uh there was some uh some ASMR news uh over here in in sunny Seattle, as the locals yeah. call it. Yeah. I got to see a Japanese tea ceremony. Oh. How was that? It was quite interesting, yeah. And it really I'll tell you, um going and, and, and seeing it it is basically an ASMR experience. So the 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 general, um, I guess, routine of a tea ceremony is you've got this tiny little room that's got this ridiculously small door that you have to crouch to come in through. Um, yeah, 
And and the the idea is that it's all about like the guest showing respect to the host and the host showing respect to the guest. And a lot of, of, of what happens is people are moving in these very precise prescribed ways. So like you've gotta you've gotta make the tea just so. You've gotta I don't know, you've gotta wipe down the little tea ladle with a special silk cloth or something. And it's quite slow. Um we we saw an abbreviated uh version and it was about I think thirty minutes long to serve a cup of tea. Um, but a proper, wow. a full proper tea ceremony can go on for uh, upwards of four hours, apparently. Jeez, wow, that's that's a long, a long time. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, I, it just got me thinking. You know, this is, uh, I think the Japanese were ahead of their time when it came to ASMR and ASMR technologies. I think they just sort <laughs> of designed an ASMR experience for themselves without really talking <laughs> about it. All right, cool. Uh, so moving on to hot goss, then. Um, GB has received her million subs play button from YouTube. Uh, she's posted a picture of it to Twitter, and she also has a uh, video on her YouTube channel where she shows it off and then talks about some other sort of updates to her channel. Um, but yeah, it's pretty, pretty exciting for her, uh, that the, she has received her plaque in recognition of her accomplishment. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a pretty fancy plaque. What happens, John, when you do press the million subscribers play button? It seems like nothing, because she does tap on it quite a bit, which I suppose is not a press, but I would think that a tap would trigger a press. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as I could tell, nothing was happening, but, you know, maybe it's something sort of behind the scenes, or maybe a million computers suddenly turned on and started playing her video somewhere. I, oh, I, I don't know. it probably gives you um, control to the one million uh, accounts which have subscribed to your channel. Because like, you know, every time you subscribe to a channel on, on YouTube, you are implicitly giving up control of your computer to that YouTube account. <laughs> Which, right, of course. I mean, that's how that's how uh, YouTubers make money, right? Is you know, with these large networks of subscribed bot computers, um, you know, they can they can sell them and farm them out to various scammers and hackers and terrorists and whatnot. It's a good system. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the other sort of uh, goss I wanted to talk about is I have been noticing an increasing trend in the number of ASM artists with uh, Twitch channels. Um, and it seems like most of them will use their Twitch channel both for live ASMR streams and for video games. Um, so I guess, you know, if, if you've got a, a favorite ASM artist that uh, you're hoping has a Twitch channel, I'd say uh, take another look if you haven't, if you have before. And if you haven't, then... Uh, Time to look for the first time, because it seems like there's a good chance they'll have one. Mm-hmm. And um, if you don't have an ASM artist that you want to watch on Twitch, John, I mean, do you have? Do you know of any uh, any struggling ASM artist trying to make it in the harsh Twitch world? Uh, well, I do know of a couple who aren't really struggling so much. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a uh, somewhat recently um, a big ol' uh, Fortnite. Simul stream, I guess you could call it, uh, where um, Glow GB 
Darling, and Maddie Tingles all teamed up in a squad in Fortnite, and they all streamed it simultaneously to their respective streams, because they've all got uh, pretty big Twitch stream, mm-hmm. or Twitch followings, in addition to their pretty big YouTube followings. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of fun to see the ASMR team streaming together. Did they, uh, and playing together. Did they get first place? Uh, I, I don't think so. I, I tuned in for the last, like, ten minutes of it. Mm-hmm. Also, I was, I was trying to give you room there to give yourself a plug, John, but... Oh. Good that you gave a, you know, you're trying to give a signal boost to the big fish. Yep. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really feel like I can call myself a Twitch streamer. More just someone who has streamed to Twitch a couple times. John, you're streaming upwards of eight hours a day, every day. Um, <laughs> uh, yep. Well, but I, you know, I feel like I really got to step it up to, to 12 hours a day. Before you can call yourself a streamer. Mm-hmm. I will yeah. say though, um, you know, just, and, and for, for John's employers out there, um, I've watched his streams. A lot of them are taking place during normal working hours. And a lot of them <laughs> are him secretly streaming his workplace. <laughs> I don't know if that's legal, but <laughs> John is doing it. So... I think we're on to the main quest, John. I think you're right, Ian. Because we we, we've got a big main quest to talk about today, don't we? Mm-hmm. It's right, you know, it's that time of the year when uh, another ASMR study comes out and we talk about it. <laughs> yep. Um, actually, and I, that makes it sound like there have been more ASMR studies than there are, or that they've been coming out more frequently. Because we don't even we don't get an ASMR study a year. We just happened to there was there was one like three years ago that we just didn't have a podcast when it came out, so we talked about it a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now there's a new there's a new one. Mm-hmm. There's another ASMR study mm-hmm. put out on Plus One. It's more than a feeling. Autonomous sensory meridian response ASMR is characterized by reliable changes in affect and physiology. It's by four researchers uh, at the University of Sheffield mm-hmm. and Manchester Metropolitan University in the United Kingdom. So I guess I didn't I didn't know this, John, but I I learned today that um, ASMR is big in the UK. I guess yeah. All oh. these researchers are are doing psychological studies, recruiting you know, hundreds of participants. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I guess uh, Sheffield and Manchester are going to be the new hotbed of ASMR research. That's where all the grad students are going to go if they want to study ASMR. Yeah, I'm a little concerned that the U.S. is, you know, losing our <laughs> our edge in sort of ASMR dominance. Mm, for a while, yeah. you know, for a while, the United States was the place to go for asmr and asmr technologies but <laughs> if we don't in- improve funding for you know, fundamental asmr research then gonna uh, yeah, we're, we're gonna be passed by the rest of the world mm-hmm. um so yeah this has been just hot news recently if you go and you type asmr into google and you hit that news well hold search, on john i'm doing that right now i'm gonna i'm gonna report from the front lines um google well Okay. Okay. 
I don't feel like this is absolutely necessary. Oh, shit, I feel John. Like I could have just explained. Research okay. cast light on ASMR. The strange brain tingle. Yes, the brain tingles are real. Mysterious ASMR brain tingles have health benefits, study finds. Incorrect. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, as, as you can see, there's a lot of... A lot of news coverage about this. A lot of sensationalist news coverage about uh, this this research. It, it's the only news in ASMR, it seems. Um, and we even we even had one of our listeners tweet at us, um, Jilly Co Billy. Uh, just uh, I mean I, I I don't know. That, there's not really much to read here. Um, she her tweet read at ASMR Quest. Um, but it was in reply to a tweet from NPR um, tweeting about an article about this research paper. So clearly the implication was that we should uh, we should talk about it. So it's very exciting to know that uh, our listeners are paying attention and they want to hear from us. Well, John, when it comes time to report on um, research studies which cover ASMR-related phenomenon, I think they know that, from, from what I understand, there's only one podcast that will do them justice, and that's ASMR University. Um, <laughs> and after you've listened to their coverage, you come over here. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're pretty pretty well qualified to talk about this, Ian. That's true. That's true. We've got... Um, we're both uh, actually... Um, psychology researchers at the University <laughs> of Sheffield. <laughs> Little known fact. Um, you know, we talk a big game about other things, but that's that's sort of our main passion. Yeah. Uh, so, Ian, do you want to go ahead and give us a summary of the, what this research article has to say? Yeah, so the, the basic paper? point of this research article, as the title might suggest, is to test the hypothesis that um, there is a real ASMR phenomenon. Uh, that is to say, the uh, tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people who watch these ASMR videos and report getting sort of distinct sort of physiological outcomes from it are not just sort of imagining this. Um, I would say millions of people. Millions, that's true. We were just discussing true. the number of subscribers GB has recently surpassed. Yeah, well, I've subscribed to GB like maybe 500,000 times myself. Oh, okay. So yeah, you extrapolate that out. There's, well, but anyway... <laughs> Um, yeah, so in order to do this, they've got sort of two distinct studies which they are reporting on in this paper. Um, one of them is a large online study. Um, how many people were part of that? It was some, it was a couple of thousand. It's pretty significant. Uh, yeah, I, I don't recall the exact number. Let's see. Um, it was 2,073 participants. And... They basically showed them a series of video clips, or here I think they only showed them um, one video clip, and then they gave them a little test to measure their their um, affect, essentially, to see what their level of excitement was, what their level of calmness was, their sadness, their stress, and they also asked them to report the number of tingles which they experienced, since tingles tend to be the sort of most characteristic part of the ASMR phenomenon. Right. So they had a bunch of control people, and they had a bunch of people who experienced ASMR. They did a two-by-three mixed study design, so they would show some of these people control a control video clip of a man making pasta, I learned. Um, and then there was an ASMR sound clip, so it's just sort of, you know, some tapping, some brushing, and an ASMR spoken clip. 
which was, I think, of a woman folding a towel while yeah. talking softly about it. I got the uh, impression that that one was uh, was gentle whispering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a fun fact about uh, this paper, um, the, these videos were selected by two of the authors um, who experience ASMR and watch ASMR videos. Yep. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. You got some, got some tingle heads in here. <laughs> um, and the findings in the, the online study... Um, it was it was pretty modest but significant. Uh, yeah, there were yeah. a fairly large sample size of that image. I will say um, the the tingle findings were not uh, were not minor. There was a very large difference, believe it or not, between people <laughs> who do not experience ASMR and people who do experience ASMR in the number of tingles uh, that they uh, experience <laughs> when watching these ASMR videos. Which is good because if they didn't find this, then it would be an issue. Um, yeah. One thing that surprised me is the, the video clips that they were using were, from what I could see, only three minutes long. So, sort of surprising that there was, was that big yeah. of a difference for a very short ASMR video. Normally, it's a pretty, you know, it's a, it's a, something which hooves itself for sort of the long form. Yeah, that, that, that is interesting. Um, yeah, I guess it makes sense that you would be able to, yeah, like, you you could certainly experience it in three minutes. Um, yeah, I wonder if longer videos would show more of a difference in terms of, like, relaxation and such. It's possible. Um, yeah, because outside I, I, of the, the tingle frequency, they, they did note some significant changes in affect. Um, the biggest one, I guess, was a, a reduction in stress and an increase in calmness. There's a very, right. very minor increase in excitement and... A very, very minor decrease in sadness, but it wasn't super notable. I do think it was kind of yeah. interesting, and they, they they don't really talk about this all that much, but there was a pretty um, reasonable difference in the non-ASMR crowd uh, between the uh, sort of stress and calmness uh, in the, between like the non-ASMR and the ASMR videos. Um, and there's also, I think, as, as a minor, but this is, I think, not significant increase in tingle frequency, too, so. I don't know. Um, they're, they, they talk a lot about how the effect of ASMR videos are isolated to people who experience ASMR. And while that's certainly mm-hmm. notable for, um, that's certainly notable for tingling, and these changes are, are definitely more pronounced in people who, um, experience ASMR. At least to my eye, it looks like there are differences um, for people who also do not experience ASMR, suggesting that in some ways these are just, you know, qualitatively different videos. Hmm. Which I, I think would... I, th- I think has to be true to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how you would find a video that is similar to ASMR without actually being ASMR that doesn't or that isn't as relax, or yeah, that is still as relaxing. Because mm-hmm. like the, the things that would make it so that you wouldn't say it's ASMR. So I think like one of the examples they used was they had an, an instructional video that wasn't an ASMR video. Mm-hmm. That was so a it was still yeah. So it was still formatted similarly with like a focus on the instructor. They were teaching you something. They were talking directly to the camera. Um, they still would have had some 
uh, focus and things like that. The biggest differences, though, being that there weren't um, there weren't any like specific trigger sounds, um, but it also they they weren't talking softly or whispering, which I think that would be the one of the biggest differences. Mm-hmm. Where even if you're you don't experience ASMR, I would imagine someone's talking softly would be more relaxing than someone who is just talking at a regular volume. Mm-hmm. Um, so it certainly makes sense that the videos would have a different effect, even in the non-ASMR group. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you would get around that. Well, I think what you would want to do, because because one of the one of the notable things about ASMR, right, is that it's not a a super a diffuse phenomenon, right? Or like you you can identify when you are experiencing ASMR, mm-hmm. and it seems like there's a you know, there, there's there's levels of granularity here, but it seems like it's it's a it's something where you know sort of it's on or it's not on, right? Um, or like there's different yes, levels of intensity, more or less. but it is like it is it is sort of notable when it is present versus when it is non-present. Yeah, yeah, I, I think that that's fair. So then, I think what you'd want to do is you'd want to um, basically, one thing you could do is is right like take a bunch of people who experience ASMR. You know, maybe maybe have a, a third control group as well, but try to control for you know watching ASMR videos um, within versus not within, and, and sort of ASMR experience, right? So you're like, yeah, you... so that that is something that I also would like to see because mm-hmm, that's something that they um, didn't do. From what I can tell, they they uh, for the for the ASMR people, they just you know they they filtered them by whether or not they have experienced ASMR. Uh, not whether they experienced ASMR during these videos. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I think that... The, I, I can see why they didn't do that for this study, um, mm-hmm. but it is something that I definitely would like to see in a future study, um, or which that they had maybe dis- talked about in the discussion section a little bit more. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that that would be... That, that would be really interesting to see is... Um, I, yeah, I guess both within the ASMR group whether they, what the differences were between when they experienced ASMR and what they and when they didn't, but also what the difference is between a controlled non-ASMR experiencing group watching an ASMR video and not experiencing it, mm-hmm. compared to someone who does experience ASMR watching an ASMR video and not experiencing it. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you would how much, if any, difference you would see there. Um, well, I would suspect some difference, but it might just be due to sort of um, their expectation or uh, sort of or, um, predilection to enjoy an ASMR video mm-hmm. as someone who experiences ASMR. But it may be more significant. Yeah. More, yeah. Well, that's a, that. that's an issue with this study as well, right? Where if you um, identify as experiencing ASMR, you're presumably aware of what ASMR videos are like. And there's, they, they talk about this in the discussion a little bit where, you know, there, yeah, they, they do. there's probably some degree of an issue where it is like, you know, I watch an ASMR video. If I'm, if I'm a normal Joe who's never seen ASMR videos before, maybe it's a little relaxing that I don't really know what to think about it. Um, if I yeah. have experienced a lot of ASMR, I've probably used these videos in the past specifically for relaxation, right? And so you've developed a connection. Yes. And then to what extent is it yeah. just, well, so, okay, I'm now identifying this with a relaxing experience. Right, yeah. So it, that is it, that is something that is hard to say based on uh, the the data they collected. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it, it also, you know, I, I can see why that's the case. It's kind of hard to do a, uh, like, a, a double-blind 
study on someone watching <laughs> ASMR. You need to identify people who don't know that they have ASMR. Nah, yeah, so. yeah and then figure out that they are experiencing it. <laughs> it's so simple. I don't know why they didn't do it. Um, so the <laughs> second study which they did, this was an so the, the first one was an online study. Um, you know, they mm-hmm. watched this video online. In the second study, they did this in a lab controlled setting. So they actually had people coming into a lab and they would hook them up with some physiological monitors in order to get um, some because you know before they were reporting like okay I've got an increase in relaxation, um, but of course as with all self-reported data, it's susceptible to sort of expectation biases and things like this. Yeah, so I, I was very excited that they had some uh, objective measurements they could take that did not rely on self self-reporting. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just I'm sure that there's been some sort of research that proves that self-reported data is useful but i just don't really trust it as much given my own uh inability to reliably self-report anything yeah i guess the idea with self-reported data is that it tends to be hopefully unbiased but pretty high variance it's susceptible very much to the way in which questions are asked yeah i suppose you 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 select or yeah you get enough data and you'll definitely it'll at least trend in the right direction Mm mm-hmm yeah and so for this one, they uh, they were looking at the. Actually, I I didn't fully understand um, the the bar charts here that they were showing. Although I guess they're um, yeah. Basically, I, I think what they were finding is in the previous example there was a a noticeable difference between the ASMR and non ASMR videos and people's experience mm-hmm. there. Whereas here, I think they said that there wasn't. Um, but there was a significant difference between people who didn't experience ASMR and people who did experience ASMR. Um, yeah. So the the changes that they found in, in physiological measurements were pretty small on average. Um, the biggest one they found was a change in uh, heart rate. Yeah. Which, yeah, I, I actually, when I first read that, I, I, I believe the changes... Uh, around three beats per minute, like a decrease. In yeah, whereas it, with, yeah. with non-ASMR people, it's about two beats per minute. Yeah, which to me sounded... Uh, so, yeah, it is still a small difference between the two. Um, but I don't think it's as small as I first thought. Because mm-hmm. um, they then later on in the discussion, I believe, compare that to the um, decrease in heart rate for other things that are generally considered um to be uh like or the the general population would think of as things that are known to lower heart rate um and i I, so one of the things i compared it to was meditation which i believe doesn't lower heart rate as much Mm -hmm. which surprised me um given that that is such a well-known thing and then I, i can't find it in the paper now uh do you recall what the other one was i compared it to ian uh, no, I don't. I, I, I don't remember. Yeah. One interesting thing I thought, though, was the, uh, for ASMR participants, the baseline heart rate was a little bit higher. It was 76.3 versus 75.9. So mm. that's kind of funny. Um, and yeah. if you're watching, so also with this, with this second, um, study, one of the things they did, but it didn't wind up really resulting in anything is they allowed for a self-selection of ASMR videos. So they had a standard ASMR video, the, the woman folding a towel, um, and then they allowed the participants to choose an ASMR video of their own. 
I wonder what the non-ASMR participants did for that. Oh, but. they uh, said that they paired up the non-ASMR participants with an ASMR participant oh, and okay. had them watch the same video that the ASMR participant had selected. Mm. Well, so the the video of or like the self-selected videos appeared to be a little more effective for the non-ASMR participants. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, <laughs> so they were measuring. Uh, one of the, one of the other things they were they were measuring here. That's the, so the, the the main thrust is you know they want to show that ASMR is a relaxing phenomenon. They they measure things which show that ASMR is a relaxing phenomenon, and also uh, can lead to some degree of um, arousal, but not sexual arousal. They actually yes, explicitly... they, they make that very clear. Uh, you can definitely tell that two of the authors experience ASMR themselves because of how much they sort of repeat the fact that they found no changes in sexual arousal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Although, every time they bring up the word arousal, they're like, but not sexual. But not sexual arousal, John. It's so important to say that. Um, the baseline level of sexual arousal for the ASMR participants, uh, 1.13, um, with, a, with a standard deviation of 0.61, as in a five-point scale. Under the control video of the man watching pasta, it goes up to a 1.44, with a 0.94 standard deviation. So, you know, maybe, okay. it's, maybe it's sensual pasta. Uh, <laughs> with a standard ASMR video, it's 1.62 with a 1.27 standard deviation. And finally, with the self-selected, it's 1.69 with a 1.44 standard deviation. Um, which, you know, it's not uniformly high, but I will say it's it's pretty notable that the um, the, the standard deviation of sexual arousal goes way up. <laughs> No, no, sexual arousal. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It goes from 0.61 to 1.44 with the self-selected ASMR video. Uh, I think it's safe to say that ASMR is not an exclusively sexual phenomenon, uh, but I think it is a little silly to say that there is not a sexual component in it for some people. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I yeah, that, that's fair. I also do wonder if, um, yeah, I wonder if that, that depends on what... Or it certainly depends on what sort of self-selected video they chose. But like I would imagine like some people chose a video of someone that they find very attractive, mm-hmm. whereas other people just found, like picked a video of some hands playing with some sand or something. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, so in the non-ASMR participant category, you also see an increase in the um both the well not the mean. And so the mean um for the uh for the non-ASMR participants, the baseline was a bit higher, but not different. The control was a good deal higher, 1.6 with a 1.1 standard deviation. Wow! <laughs> for the standard, it goes down. It's 1.33 with a 0.8. Uh, but then for the self-selected, it's also a 1.6 with a 1.15 standard deviation, which to me suggests that the self-selected videos were maybe a little sexier. Um, okay. Well, yeah. so that also then suggests that it is the sexual component is not actually related to ASMR, but is just sort of um, tangential. Yeah, probably. But I don't, I, I, my suspicion is that, you know, there is a... There is probably, for the majority of ASMR experiencers, there's not a sexual component to it. But I... I you know, like, looking at the video content in ASMR, John, you can't tell me there's not a demand uh, for a crossover between ASMR and sex. Sure, but I, I guess, like... 
But it's, I mean, it's safe to say it's they are. I would compare that to like maybe, HBO or... though or something. Like I don't. Do you think there's like, nothing? You know, I, I don't sexual. watch HBO shows. Yeah, like, I don't watch HBO shows for the sexual content, mm-hmm. and I don't like get upset about the. I'm not like waiting for the next season because I want more nudity. I, you know, I'm waiting for the next season because I want more of the story. But you know, sometimes it shows up, and I'm not opposed. Well, but I don't John, dislike the sexual content when it's there. But John, aren't you? But it's not. It's not what I'm there for. Aren't you excited to see? Because like I, I, you know, I often when you know, when I'm waiting for HBO shows to come out, I really do wish, like you know, man, I wish there was a way to see naked people um, <laughs> other than watching these HBO shows. So I, I definitely, that's I definitely like it, you know, because that's the only experience I have with. And you can only nudity. watch them as they're airing. <laughs> Yeah, it's true. It's really rough. Only on live but, TV. Know, it's one of those things like death. You know, death makes life more precious. Um, the transience <laughs> of HBO shows and the nudity <laughs> makes it more <laughs> precious to me. Yeah, so that's sort of the, the overview of the study. I was just going to say, I did find the, um, uh, the, the thing about heart rate that I was remembering. Oh, okay. Um, uh, in the discussion section, they write, It is notable that the reductions in heart rate observed here, minus 3.41 BPM, are comparable to those observed in clinical trials using music-based stress reduction in cardiovascular disease, and greater than those observed in a mindfulness-slash-acceptance-based intervention for anxiety, mm-hmm. suggesting that the cardiac effects of ASMR may have practical significance. Which, that does sound significant if it is greater than mindfulness and acceptance-based intervention for anxiety, which I believe is a pretty well-accepted um, treatment for anxiety. Yeah, so maybe. I mean, it's, 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 well, I, so I don't know. Um, I, I, I would have to look at the specific studies that they... Yeah, are. this is not our field. <laughs> yeah. I would say, like, you know, as someone who's, who's done a little bit of mindfulness meditation myself, um, as, as specifically if they're doing this in, like, a lab controlled setting where you sort of sit down and they, they you, you try to meditate for the first time or something that can be almost stressful to like that's, begin that's meditation. true oh um, yeah meditation can certainly be stressful especially when you're trying it yeah um and also fair, though, a, this is also in a lab setting but I, I i do see your point yeah um but you know my guess is that the, the study they're referencing was like you know some intervention over a period of time right where like you're most likely mindfulness meditation every day for a couple of weeks or something yeah um, I don't know. It, it a reduction in heart rate um, that small doesn't seem like it would carry much in the way of like a of significant. And also, it's it's what's important, right? Is often what's what's really useful with heart rate is uh, your resting heart rate, right? Because your resting heart rate is a measure of um, of your sort of baseline cardiovascular fitness. Um, and if this isn't making uh, changes to your resting heart rate, but just like temporarily reducing your heart rate by a small amount, I mean, you know, it's certainly valuable to have to have things which relax you. And I think that that's that's certainly some degree of usefulness. But it it just seems I don't know. Saying that it's got cardiac benefits would seem like an overstatement to me. And I think by the time I, I they get to the conclusion, think that that's what they're saying, though. Well, they say I guess they're saying it has similar or comparable benefits. Uh, no, I, I don't even think they're, they're not saying. They say suggesting that the cardio cardiac effects of ASMR may have practical significance. They never mm-hmm. use the word benefits. 
They say well, practical significance, John. What are you? What is, uh, is going to be? They're saying suggesting it as like torture or something. I think, no, I, I, yeah, I think this is like a reasonably worded. I think it's a reasonably worded way of saying this is something that warrants further investigation. Yeah, no, I this think I think that's true. Promising. We should look into it more. When I when I um, began reading this paper after seeing the way that it had been reported, I was ready to sort of come down on them for you know over-interpreting their findings. Um, oh, okay. But I don't think that they did that, no. I think, yeah, I think, the, I think a lot of the uh, reports on this paper have over-interpreted their findings, but I think that the paper itself is, does a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, as they sort of say at the end, taken together, our studies provide empirical evidence to support anecdotal claims that ASMR is a tingling, pleasant feeling specific to some individuals, and that it has a distinct physiological profile from the experience of aesthetic chill. Or, I guess, frisson, um, as we had called it previously. Yeah. But yeah, and I think that they, you know, the, the, the evidence supports that, right? I think that it is sort of safe to say that. Again, I think the, the, the sizes of the effects that they were showing for many of these things were quite small. Um, but it could probably, I would suspect that if they did a sort of tighter design where they like really were focusing on people and what people experience when they have, um, you know, experiences of ASMR, that would probably improve it. And also, having them not be three-minute-long videos would probably also um, yeah. lead to larger changes. Yeah, what? I think the the biggest sort of goal of this paper, um, and one that I think they achieve, is not really to prove or find anything about ASMR, but just to sort of say that it, it is a legitimate phenomenon that mm-hmm. warrants further research. It's not. It is not just a a bunch of people just sort of goofing around. Yeah. Well, it is. It is a bunch of people goofing around, but they are doing so because they are experiencing a particular phenomenon. Yeah. One thing that I sort of wanted to close out with was mm-hmm. I, I remember we had talked, and, and they make reference to this. One of the big previous studies about ASMR was showing that there's less functional connectivity uh, um, like the, the default mode network in people who experience ASMR. And I just I was uh, listening to a, a report about, um, I think Michael Pollan came out with a new book recently about oh. um, psychoactive substances. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, one of the, one of the <laughs> big... Um, so, like, particularly uh, with, with LSD or shrooms, um, one of the big mechanisms by which it, it seems to lead to these transcendent experiences where you have a dissolution of the self is by suppressing the, the default mode network. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Like, that's, that's what appears to be one of the main sort of impacts that psychoactive substances have on people while they're tripping. Mm-hmm. And then it also, you know, there's there's less functional connectivity in people with ASMR. So you guys are always tripping on shrooms, essentially. <laughs> is my finding. closer to, um, I don't know, that life-changing experience that'll uh, make us okay with accepting death or get okay. us off of cigarettes or something. I don't know, that's, I think those are some of the, like, Alcoholism proposed medical one. uses I've seen for hallucinogens are yeah. um, addiction or, or, yeah, or to help addiction or to help people with terminal illnesses. Yeah, and it's quite interesting. There's, like, there there's some some pretty significant, and we're now, like, we're, we're, we're starting to get, essentially, like, in the 50s, 
there was a tremendous amount of research being done, or a relatively yeah. tremendous amount. Then in the 60s, uh, people uh, decided they were fun recreational drugs, and the government responded by deciding that they were terrible for everyone forever. Um, <laughs> and we're now just sort of getting out of that, and people are, are doing real research with this again. Yeah. Which is pretty exciting, because it, it does Yeah, it really like, is. Yeah. Yeah, there's some promising early findings there. Mm-hmm. Um, I also had read an article about this, uh, also by Michael Pollan. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> well, he's, he was, and he was, he was talking about his experience because as part of his reporting on this, I think the reason why he was doing this reporting, uh, that's, that's our special guest, Ryan. Uh, the reason why he was doing this reporting is because he went on a couple of trips himself. Yeah, that is not likely. surprising. Yeah. I mean, how could you write a book on that and not want to go? After listening to him talk about it, I, it, you know, if there was a, if I could sign up for like, you know, a little guided trip or something. That seems like it'd be pretty cool. Oh, yeah. No, I totally agree. Nothing ever made me want to try hallucinogens more than that article he wrote. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we're going to be reporting back uh, in the next (laughs) bye week with uh, some exciting investigations. (laughs) You know, I bet no one's done uh, a study on combining uh, hallucinogens with ASMR before. Oh, you're probably right. We, uh, you know, still wouldn't be doing a study, but we could find some, you know, anecdotal... Uh... Uh, it's a case study, John. It's a case study. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's well, pretty accepted either, in the medical got, field, so there we go. And, uh, and a person who experiences ASMR in a control, so it's perfect, John. <laughs> well, listeners, uh, stay tuned for that very exciting episode of uh, ASMR Quest. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... That uh, that about does it for our for our main mm-hmm. quest this week. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if we come back and reference this again in the future. But it, it is very exciting that there's a a new some new research out there about ASMR that overall seemed like a, a very solid paper. Yeah, and the degree of publicity um, that it got means that you know I think it's going to encourage future research in ASMR. Yeah, yeah. So that that is very exciting. Um, so let's move on to the indulgence corner. Uh, and I believe we have two new ratings oh, on like iTunes. Two ra- this is this is, I think, a first. Yeah, um, we do not have any new reviews, unfortunately. I, I just I would like to reiterate: if you're going to leave us a rating, please leave a review as well, because those are a lot more fun to read and to see mm-hmm. than the star ratings. Well, Although I understand that they are harder to leave. You can read out like the individual stars and see see if that gets us anywhere. You know? Okay. Uh, so um, the first new rating, uh, five stars. Ah. Wow. And the second new rating, five stars. Oh my god, we're on a roll, I guess. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> we're, well, we're you know, ASMR's getting a lot of attention lately. It makes sense that uh, the number one podcast in the world about ASMR would also be getting a lot of attention. Oh, wait, when did we become number one? I think uh, around the new year, I just decided that we were going to start referring to ourselves as number one, because I thought that it would uh, be good, sort of... Good publicity? Uh, no, more, more, um, sort of wish fulfillment. Okay, this is like, uh, this is like, um, the secret where we've got our vision board. And we're, we're no, no, it's not, it's not so much a vision board as it is just sort of you set the bar low and then you aim low. You set the bar high and you aim a little higher. Okay, well, I guess we have been saying the bar pretty low, but <laughs> so um, yeah. So I guess I'm gonna have to update my vision board. <laughs> It's going to be tough, though. I've got a lot of pictures of Tom Brady. I don't know that I want to take any of them down. <laughs> I don't want to stop visualizing any of those. Any of those Brady um, pics. I, I went out to, to lunch on uh, on Friday, and there was a TV in front of me that had some sports talk show on it. 
Um, and they were talking about some recent picture of Tom Brady at the beach, um, and how he's not like he doesn't have the the body that you would expect. Like the well, he's greatest like quarterback of all time. Years to old, have. John. He's like, <laughs> he's an octogenarian at this point. Give him a yeah, but, but, yeah, so he's you know he's like you know he seems like he's like you look at him and if you don't know that he's Tom Brady, you think like oh, he looks like a reasonably healthy, active guy. You know, he's got some muscle. He's not like super overweight or anything, but you know, there's some fat there. He's not he's like ripped and shredded. Um. And so they were talking about it, and one of the hosts was just talking about how inspirational this picture was. <laughs> Why do you think like, it's on my vision board, John? You know, if, if like, the greatest athlete of all time can look like that, then I don't see why everyone's trying to, you know, drop uh, drop fat and get the, these movie star bodies. Like, I, I, I want the Tom Brady body. <laughs> it's much more achievable. <laughs> so true. So true. Well, yeah. So thank you for the ratings, and you know, we we love to get reviews and emails and tweets and whatnot. Yeah. We do. And John, uh, do you want to tell them how they can give us those? I do, Ian. Listeners, thank you for for joining us for this episode. Uh, you can file find us and follow us and tweet at us on Twitter at ASMR underscore Quest. You can email us at asmrquesting at gmail.com. And we would love if you would leave us a five-star rating along with a review. Actually, John, here's my thought. So you've got to leave us a five-star <laughs> rating. Um, but if you give us a review, you can bump it down to four stars. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Five-star <laughs> rating. Give well, us a review just, as well. But John, what's but... the incentive then for them to leave a review? But we'll we'll read it out on the show. Okay, that's that's a nice incentive. So maybe we don't like... mention the five star ratings from now on, or we. we uh, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to work. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll play it by ear. Well, leave us a five star rating review on iTunes, or leave us a five star rating. At, well, again, a a max rating and review somewhere else, and then tweet at us to let us know. Yeah, you can leave us a five star rating else. on IMDb. Yeah, we're we're only checking uh, iTunes, but if if you leave us a rating review somewhere else, let us know and we'll we'll read it. Okay. We'll read it on the show. Thank you, and stay tuned.